You're listening to Nicholas Acosta, host of the podcast Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Nick sits down with guests to talk about real estate and how it works. Enjoy the episode. Good morning, everybody. This is Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast where we talk to guests about how real estate works. I'm Nicholas Acosta, a licensed Florida realtor with EXP Realty here in Orlando, Florida. Uh, please make sure to share, like, and comment on this post. Also, subscribe today on Spotify. Um, today, I'm coming to you live from the beautiful Citrus Club on the 18th floor in downtown Orlando, Florida, in what I call the war room, or they call it the touchdown room. Uh, you can reach me at www.downtown.expert or 407-508-8809 or on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Home to All 101. Uh, if you're looking for a mentor and not with EXP, please reach out to me on the show or after so that we can um, become your mentor. I can become your mentor. Um, as always, uh, today I have another incredible guest, uh, William Chase with New American Funding. Uh, William, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me, Nick. Appreciate it. No worries. How are you doing this morning, William? <laughs> doing great. You know, just trying to stay normal here in uh, the world where we're all kind of stuck in our house. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been definitely uh, a trying time for everybody. And uh, uh, even I'm not in at that point yet, but my spouse and I, Lee and I are, are talking about the possibility of uh, finding a house because I, we live in a, a loft condo, which we love in our building. It's a beautiful building, but after the quarantine, we need more room, more space because in case this ever happens again or something similar like this happens again, uh, we'll have more room to spread out because it's kind of yeah. got confined there for a while. It's all good though. Yeah. That's, that's been the general consensus too, from what I'm hearing from a lot of folks, including me, I've actually started to look a little bit too. Uh, houses haven't really decided i'm not in a huge hurry because i already own a home but it's it's still weighs heavily on mine and the family's mind to uh find a new house because we're just we've been here too long especially over the past few months (laughs) right yeah same here i'm in the same same boat as you are um so that uh well william with that i want to ask you what do you do to help real estate agents real estate agents grow their business well, I'm being a mortgage lender because that—that's the one thing I—I I am first more than anything outside is my job. As I'm a mortgage, I don't like to call myself just a mortgage consultant. I'm a mortgage strategist. I help people, consumers, build uh, a strategy with their mortgage, not just write them alone and say good luck to you. Because if that's what people want, they can go to online lenders. But honestly, I would rather have someone build themselves for success for the future and not really have to worry about having to refinance in two years because they got a bad loan written by a loan officer that was just looking for a paycheck. I'm not that guy. So <laughs> that's the first thing, but how I can help real estate agents grow their business. Um, I have a huge plan of what I do. Uh, my company offers a bunch of different free marketing tools, which is, that's not really anything new, but personally, I'm really big into growth and I want to help anyone that I work with. It doesn't have to be real estate agents. It can be fellow loan officers that, that are just looking to grow as well as, you know, financial planners, attorneys, things like that, that just need a little more boost to get their, get their name out there, you know, cause we all work in a very, very competitive field. 
So how you can do that is essentially be better. It's, it's an easy concept, but it's hard to achieve. And I, I feel that I'm doing a pretty good job of my own doing it. And the way I do it is, is I teach a lot of people my methods on how I've grown because I've been in this business just under five years now. And my income's doubled every single year that I've worked. And it's it's mainly just due to hard work and having a plan, you know, because people for people have a failure to plan or they don't have a failure to plan. They have a plan. They plan to fail because they just don't make a proper plan. So what I do to help these folks grow is in anyone that really wants to learn is when things are normal, obviously with COVID, it's been a little different, but I offer online seminars that I just call the Realtor Success Series because it is geared towards realtors, but anyone can come, honestly. Uh, and we talk about time management, how to plan your business for success, making sure your budgets are correct, understanding all these different things, but also knowing what your marketing plan's going going to be because every marketing plan is different for every single person. Some people may want to buy online leads and that's how they want to do all their business. That's fine. My view is to help you build your business organically. Uh, and when I help people build their business organically, it just makes everybody so much happier in life because it's th there's a comparison that I like to use, an analogy, so to speak, of building your business the organic way versus building your business the, the paid way, which the paid way, again, there's nothing wrong with, but it's kind of like two pieces of two different pieces of wood that you throw in a campfire. You know, when you build your build your business organically, it's a solid piece of oak. It takes a long time to start burning, but once it's burning, it keeps moving. And that's how you see longevity in this industry is by building your business organically. So that's always the goal. Uh, if you do it via, you know, Mozilla leads and stuff like that, uh, really shouldn't be doing any kind of uh, name dropping whatsoever, but let's say paid internet leads. That's kind of like throwing a piece of paper or a piece of balsa wood on fire. You know, it's it's gonna it's gonna burn hot and fast, but it's gonna be very fast. You know, so building that business, you want to build it within reason, of course, in the organic manner, where you're gonna make people happy, make people trust you, because ultimately we all work in a sales world. So if you're all in a sales world, then it's getting the no like and trust factor. People can know you by doing things like you know your social media show or getting on social media and doing whatever, but you're, they may like you too, but they're not going to trust you until they meet you and talk with you in person. Most people won't. I don't, I don't trust somebody I talk with on the phone that's trying to sell me something. Just that's my opinion. And I, I know most people feel the same way, especially in the largest purchase, largest purchase of their life. So being able to do that gains a ton of ways that you can grow your business by learning the proper ways of doing it from the get-go. So when you're a brand new realtor and you're not really sure what you're doing, speak with your broker. Work with a mortgage lender that's going to help you grow. Whether it be me or somebody else, it's it's up to you, but speak with a lender that's going to help you grow your business because they are a business partner. Uh, they're the ones that are going to help you get to the finish line of every single transaction. You want someone in your corner that's going to really help you build your business. It's, it's just the truth. Same thing with title as well. No, I yeah, I like right. No, you're good. Um, yeah, the I like all that. That's that's so commendable of you to to help other people out there. You know, other real estate agents or other loan officers, loan consultants grow their business because, um, like I always say, and like we always say, and 
and I know you're good friends with Yvonne Sandoval. And we, when we do our other show, we talk about, you know, our contribution. And that's why I'm glad I can't wait to have you on that show as well. Um, mm -hmm. But basically what I'm saying is that I like your coming from contribution to help people. We always say, um, Yvonne and I say, there's always enough, there's a lot of business out there. And mm -hmm. you know, anybody that's afraid to share their ideas or their processes, um, nothing against anybody like that. But I think the more you're willing to help each other or be somebody's mentor or guide or, you know, help them along the process to be successful, um, in turn that, you know, that's only going to come back to you in a good way, in a positive way. And just like for me or like Yvonne or anybody else out there listening and watching today. Uh, and so that's very commendable. And I mean, when are you planning on like, I know we've got the whole, you know, groups of 10 maximum right now and the, you know, no real major gatherings, but when are you plan on like, I'm um, doing some classes. Or are you going to be doing, you said webinars is that we were talking about earlier or, or any classes? In I, person? I had done some webinars, but it's not the same feeling. It, I, I'm never, I've never been really good at doing online learning. Uh, I've always been a very kinesthetic person, even though I'm an auditory learner. And that's one of those things. Everybody needs to learn. They need to know what type of learner they are because everybody's right. a little bit. There's three basic types of learners. I was an educator for a short period of time in my life. Uh, Cause I, I came this is kind of my job history, you know. Uh, I was a chef for about 15 years of my life and had worked through the ranks. I became a chef educator at one point for about five years of my life of that 15. So I was teaching people, learn how people learn, which when you are able to teach somebody towards how they learn, you're going to get a better result. And when doing things like webinars, that's not for everybody. Some right. people, it's great, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. Personally, I'm not that guy. I need to be on ground and talking to somebody. Uh, it just, it's, it's a better feel for me. I get a lot more sitting in a classroom than I ever have watching something online. So, when that happens, I tend to not really offer those webinars. I will if somebody wants me to do it for their brokerage or something like that. Of course, you know, I'll do it. Right. But it proposes a lot of challenges because. How many distractions do you have when you have a webinar going, you know, and that that's really something in the truth. You know, you pick up your phone, you start looking at it, then all of a sudden you're not paying attention to the webinar. We all do our CEs online. Well, let's be fair. Most of us do our CEs online if we can. <laughs> and at least right. from a learning perspective, I can. And I'm usually originating alone on one screen and pressing next on the other, like most people are that do the CEs that are at least mortgage, because honestly, we don't have time. And I have to do at least eight hours a year. Plus, you know, all the other stuff that I have to do. So, of course, you know, I'm going to get distractions, but I still have to run through it in the webinar. And am I really learning much? Probably not. Uh, but I don't really have time to take away a full day or two days out of my day to to sit in a classroom. So kind of stuff, you know. So right. doing these webinars, they're great, but you're not going to get the same type of reactions. You're not going to get the same type of bouncing ideas off each other and stuff like that as you do in a classroom situation. Because a classroom situation is always gonna give you a better outcome, and in my opinion, because people ask questions. And right. they don't feel as intimidated to ask a question that they might think is stupid, you know? Because everybody, everybody has that fear of, oh God, what if I ask this question? It's probably the stupidest thing in the world. You don't know the question, ask, you know? It's not that hard. So my goal, obviously my goal is to have at least one in my office per month, and things have changed thanks to COVID. Once that's all up and running again, I'm going to start right back up first Wednesday of the month doing the uh, classes again. 
uh, as well as you know doing the internal or in office classes for for teams that really would like me to share because uh, when it comes down to it like you had said it's there's nothing wrong with sharing what you do and what what you know and what you don't know because every single person's different and I challenge anyone that I talk to I'm like this is how I do what I do and this is how my business has grown exponentially over the past few years is I'm doing this I dare you to do better if you do do better great if not you know, you're like the other 99% of the world that doesn't really push to be better than anybody else. And they're not really trying to get better and stronger every day. They're not trying to move forward. So they're just kind of staying stagnant. So I dare you. I, I, I implore you to actually do what I'm doing and do better, you know, because there is, like you said, enough business out there for everybody. I have my relationships built. I'm always building more, but I dare you to do the same thing. If you want to be successful in this business, black and white, you know, the straight up New Yorker in me has to say this, black and white, you either do or you don't. Or I always say, forget about it. I'm just kidding. But um, I'm just going to be funny because you brought up New York. But um, no, I agree. And in, in, in any relationship you have in business, whether it be somebody in marketing, uh, you as a lender, um, you know, or Vaughn in, as in marketing myself as a real estate agent, it, you know what it honestly comes down to. And, and the reason I have just like you or just like Vaughn and everybody, a lot of people I know, the reason I don't have fear of sharing my, my, my skills or my knowledge is because when it ultimately, when it comes down to it in, in any, in your line of work, my line of work, Yvonne's line of work, it comes to down to, do you and the person you're working with or potentially going to work with, do you guys get along? You either get along or you don't. And if you don't get along, then they're going to find the person out there that gets along with them, with their personality type or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. um, but so that's why I'm not, and like I know you are as well, that I'm not threatened or afraid to do these this show or share ideas on the other show yeah. or even in general help people because these are your, I always tell buyers, if we don't get along, I'm not going to um, tie you down to a contract yeah. and say, Oh, by the way, you only can work with me. Tell, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, let you go to another another agent at all. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and of course, in some situations, there are there are extenuating circumstances, but for the most part, yeah, I agree. You know, it's the world has given us pretty much an infinite amount of people to work with, and right. from, from a loan officer's perspective, the world has given me pretty much in an infinite number of real estate agents to work with. So if I don't blend with you, that's fine. We leave as friends. I don't want to hate you and I don't yeah. hate me, but if our business plans don't work, I'm not going to try to force a circle peg into a square hole. It just, right. it, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work and that's okay. And I'd rather not waste your time and I'd rather you not waste my time because the one thing that is more expensive than anything else in this world is time. And you think because it doesn't have a monetary value, it's not valuable, but it's probably the most valuable thing. And when you have kids, even more so, because I have small kids, but I see my kids right. growing up, and it's time is extremely valuable because I look back and three years ago, you know, they both were babies. <laughs> and, you know, now they're starting school. So it's it, it's a whole different thought process, you know, and when you look at it from perspective of my time's extremely expensive. And I never put a dollar sign on my time, but my time is valuable to me. 
and I want people to value the time that I spend with them as well. It, it, again, it doesn't have to be money-wise. Monetarily speaking, it, that, that's not what I'm talking about. You have to understand that every minute is valuable. And if you're not spending every minute of value doing what you love, whatever it may be, whether it be real estate, whether it be cooking, whether it be you know, ditch digging, I don't really care what your passion is, it's fine. And honestly, there's some people that work, general con contractors that are probably the most passionate people I've ever met. Use your passion and live with it. But remember that time, it never comes back. You're never going to get that money back or that time back, I should say. So right. if you treat it like, like a day that is X amount of minutes that costs you this much money and every dollar, every minute is $1 and you, it resets the clock every day. How are you going to spend that time? You start looking at a different perspective and moving things faster and moving things more efficiently and finding ways and solutions to things as opposed to just dwelling on the negative, you know? No, I, I completely agree. With it. And so I know we're, you know, helping people here talk about, uh, I love our, our conversation. I was mm -hmm. going to ask you, I was thinking about this morning before I got on to the show with you today, since I know you mentioned you were a, a chef and you also had taught or an instructor as well. I'm curious, what is your, your, your what is your, I, I guess your passion or what is your favorite thing to make or whatever for anybody <laughs> listening out there so they get an idea? All right. Uh, from a chef's perspective, uh, I'm classically trained. I, I have multiple degrees. I studied in France. I did all worked in high-end awesome. hotels and restaurants for most of my career. I can't really say my favorite thing is. And most chefs that you meet that were professionals at one time can never really say, this is my favorite thing to make. Right. I got As you. I can make just about anything. There's certain things I don't like to make, <laughs> but <laughs> there's a lot of things that I, I, it's, it, to me, it's, it's cooking, you know, it's therapeutic. So whatever it may be, it's extremely therapeutic for me. So if I'm having a bad day and I even move this into the mortgage business and I have another friend who I started this journey with him and he was a chef and a chef instructor at the same time. We both talk about this quite a bit. He's like, we get this question a lot. That what's your specialty? What's what's your what's your favorite thing? Right. Most chefs don't have specialties. Some do, but most of them that are well rounded, like I was in my day, didn't really have a specialty. You know, there's certain things I was really good at cooking, and certain things that I just didn't enjoy cooking. Uh, a lot of processed foods. I'm not a big fan of cooking, so I, I just never really. I hate doing that stuff, but you know, anything that's natural and fresh is huge for me. So it's, it's all relative to that though. And the love for cooking is, is will never go away. And the love for teaching will never go away. I came from a family of teachers as well. So the love for teaching that I did never will never go away. It's just one of those things that that's part of my history. We all have a great history of what we live in life. And the first thing I ever want to know about people I work with is what's your history? Where'd you come from? What do you do? Where, what did you do? Cause most of us in this business did not graduate high school and be like, I'm going to be a loan officer. Right. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Or, I'm going to be a realtor. You know, you have, the few, but most of us are like, all right, I waited tables for 10 years. I didn't really like what I was doing. I'm going to be a, I'm going to try to be a realtor. And then all of a sudden you just fall in love with it. And where I've always been very analytical and, and all that, I'm going to be a loan officer. And when you become a loan officer because you've been analytical and you have systems and structures set up in your own mind of how you want to do things, you can be extremely successful. If you're a fly-by-night individual, be like, yeah, I'm going to be a realtor. Those are the people that are gone a year. Right. Because 
they're not analytical. They're not working on bettering themselves every day. They're just looking for a quick buck. And if you're in this industry to make a quick buck, you are in the wrong business. Yes, you can make a lot of money doing what you do, but if you're starting out thinking I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30 and I'm 25 now, no, you're in the wrong flipping right. business, man. <laughs> it, it takes a lot of work, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and late nights to make sure that happens. And any top producer in our area, let alone the country, will tell you the same thing. This does not happen overnight. No, I, I completely agree. And I just a quick note, I, I don't know. I don't think I shared this this with you yet. And I'm, I'm sure my listeners have heard it before. But um, I mean, before I actually I got my college degree in mass communication journalism. Um, mm -hmm. But I ended up going to work for uh, Progressive Insurance and as a claims adjuster. And I was there for 20 years. And also, I did uh, was like an admitting coordinator for my late father's hospital for the admissions in the emergency room, the one that collected the demographic information <laughs> payment. And I, I think I briefly said I wanted to get in real estate back in 2004, but like it took me 14 years from that point. Um, mm -hmm. Finally, say I can go and you know I'd like to go in business for myself. But like you said, and like everybody listening and watching today, like and William pointed out about how the you know being analyzing your your plan putting a plan together you know having a mission statement in that and that's what it took it took me 14 years to get to where i'm at today um but it was a well thought out process it wasn't like like you mentioned about some you know people out there in the world will say um even my late father said this about being a doctor if you he said that they would have doctors that come in from i want to be a doctor i want to be a within about six months were burned out from the hospital and they went in completely different fields because they couldn't handle it because they went yep. in the mindset of just making money and not actually building a career and a life out of it so yeah it's it's finding a passion for what you do what whatever it is you know you can be passionate about anything right and there are some people that become very passionate about the one thing they do but they also lose their passion very quickly and that's something that I don't want to insult anybody, but that's that's what's called misdirection. You know, you're you're trying to find your own direction in life of what you what you're calling. You know, and I never thought that mortgage the mortgage business would be my calling until I bought a house. And once I saw the amount of effort that goes into finding a house, that goes into purchasing a house, that goes into the amount of confusion that I dealt with when I was just a home buyer that was working as a chef instructor, that's when I bought my house. I wanted to see what I could do to change that. And I felt that that was a calling because my educational background, the work ethic that I had from being a chef many years ago. Because chefs, anyone that knows chefs, chefs are not like the people that you see on Food Network. It is not a glamorous world. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of glamour to it and people love hearing that you're a chef but when you tell them how much you had to work and the amount of things you deal with like i've got i've been screamed at in probably 30 different languages huh. uh and and i'm no joke to that and i've had you know knives thrown at me hot pans thrown at me just from some hot-headed boss that just didn't like me for whatever reason didn't like that i did something wrong or whatever and nowadays it's hostile work environment you can't do that anymore. But this was, you know, the 90s and early 2000s were very different times. Right. Yeah. Um, but looking at it from that perspective, you see 
the d different amounts of growth, but the work ethic that comes from a chef is I'd work 90 hours a week in some cases. And most chefs, and, and I always will say chefs make the best loan officers because we are very analytical, we're perfection driven, and we're, we have work ethic like you would never believe. And when I say 90 hours a week, that's on my feet in front of a hot stove right. near a really wet dishwasher and being yelled at for perfection at all times. And I worked at the higher level, so it was always needs to be perfect at all times. This this plate cannot have a single fingerprint on it. it ha everything has to be perfect at all times. If not, you got to redo it. And right. it's process of just doing it a thousand times. And there's some dishes that I made in some of the restaurants I worked at. I probably made 10,000 of the same dish within two years. And perfection by from my first to my 10,000th were completely different. If I saw even a slight spot of where my perfection was, I wouldn't be happy with it. And I wouldn't have someone telling me to remake it. I'd remake it myself. And right. it's, it's knowing that you have your standards and you stick with your standards no matter what you do, you know, from being a chef, loan officer, whatever. Cop, you know, anything can fit into that category. You need to have your standards and you need to have your goals set right. Because if you don't and you don't have your head straight, you're not going to be successful in whatever you do. So you need to find your direction before you can do anything else, whatever business you're in. And real estate has a lot of very confused people. And I say that with confidence because I've met a lot of them in my time because you know, I'm, I'm a loan officer. My job is meeting with real estate agents. That's not sure, Cody, you know? So every time I meet with a sh some, there's some that are so misdirected and have no idea what they're doing. And people want to blame the broker. You can't blame the broker. If you're clueless, you're clueless. It's not your right. broker's fault, right. you're clueless. Because huh. are you trying to get help from your broker? If the answer is yes, it's time to find new brokerage. And if the answer is no, then whose fault is it? You know, right, so right. speak up. Branch manager helping you grow. If not, it's time to find a new branch manager. It's time to find a new company. Because if they're not helping you grow, why are you wasting your time? Because as I said before, it's the most expensive thing you have. Exactly. I agree. And uh, William, before we wrap up here, uh, what, like, uh, Two things. One is what uh, to leave us with today for the audience listening and watching today. One uh, uh, tip of inspiration, and then uh, let us know. I know I have your information on the screen, your website, and your phone number, and the company you work with. Um, but also inspiration for the week or anybody out there listening. And then uh, just to repeat your contact stuff out loud, so that you know my audience that'll be listening to the podcast later that can't see it visually. So they can have your uh, information as well. Okay. Well, you know, for inspiration, I have one quote that I live my world by. And this has followed me for most of my life. And I still think of it uh, on the daily. You know, it's I don't even know where it came from, but I had heard it years ago. But there's three types of people in this world. There's good, there's better, and there's best. And you never rest until your good is better and your better is the best, period. And as long as you're always trying to be better you'll eventually be the best. You may not be the best today, may not be the best tomorrow, but the more you work at it, the best is only the best for so long until they get dethroned. And my goal is always to be better than anyone that I come in contact with. And it, and it's not better as an, I'm a better person than you, a better consultant or better at what I do. You know, you may be very, very good at what you do. And I, and I will never 
never discount the, anyone that I talk to on that, but I'm always going to think I'm better because I've worked harder and you may, you may have worked just as hard, but in my view, I've worked harder because I don't know what your journey was to get there. So that's kind of my meaning behind all that. It's, I never rest until my good is better and my better is best. So if I'm good at something, it's not good enough. And if I'm better than most at something, still not good enough. If I'm the best, I want to stay the best. Right. So, and I know I'm not the best right now, but I am better than many, <laughs> you know? So like that. And it's not to be, not to be pompous or full of myself. Cause I, I don't like talking about myself. I like talking about others and helping others, but it's, it's just having that whole thought is you want to be better every single day. And if you don't wake up in the morning thinking, I'm going to be better than I was yesterday, you're going to right, stay right. doing the same thing, having the same bit of depression that you're always going to have, that little feel of defeat that you have and what you do. It's going to stay there until you find a way to turn over that rock and make, make better for whatever it is, you know? And now the last thing is you asked, I am William Chase. I'm a loan officer with New American Funding. Uh, I don't really like to talk a lot about loan products because most people don't like talking about a 30-year debt. Um, right. I talk about it because I have to. <laughs> you know, I'm a mortgage geek, so I love talking about it. And if you want to, if you want to geek out with me, feel free to call me at any time four zero seven five zero six five six five zero. We can talk about mortgages and talk about life and talk about home purchases. We can talk about kids, dogs, whatever. I just like to talk with people. And it drives my wife crazy, but <laughs> it's just totally. what it is. So, no, thank you. And uh, I really am grateful um, for having you or accepting my invitation. And I know you're going to be on uh, the real estate show with you, Yvonne, and I soon. Um, I want to say thank you very much for um, joining me Definitely. today. And I'm glad, I'm really grateful that we had this. This conversation was awesome. And uh, mm -hmm. about, you know, kind of like talking about other things and just like what we do every day. And that's why I like doing the podcast. I mean, trust me, just like you with loans, I, I can geek out, trust me, with real estate and my spouse will attest to that. Um, mm -hmm. But I like to talk about life in general too and how, you know, my passions and things like, like you do. So that's pretty cool that you did yeah. that. So I'm yeah. grateful for that. Um, uh, yeah, so thank you, uh, like I said again, William, for joining me today. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And yeah. uh I look forward to seeing you on another show and I look forward to, you know, as I, you know, get more leads in here, which I'm getting them on a daily basis. Um, I'll send, you know, referrals over to you and I look forward to help working with you and getting to know you for sure. All right. So all right. um, that's Great. cool. Um, and and like right. I said, everybody else, if you need help with anything Definitely. ever, uh, just let me know. Cause it's like I said, we, we help people grow and new American funding as the company I work for is really big into helping real estate agents grow their business and our, and our relationships blossoming and becoming really, really, really just great. So we, we thrive on giving people success and helping our real estate agents be successful, helping our customers who may have been turned down in five other places, still giving it a shot to see if we can get your loan to happen. And we've may always made that hard and this is my last little sales pitch before we go but we've always made a very hard uh hard stop in trying to keep anybody out from being able to get a loan that meets the qualifications of federal guidelines so when you see something where somebody's saying yeah va loans are down to 620 now or up to 620 you can't do anything blah that's that's bs 
Right. Uh, we're still doing the 580. That's what's called an overlay when somebody says they have that. So don't take no for an answer until at least you've spoken with me. Right. <laughs> okay. And at least have a have a talk with a few lenders. If somebody's saying no, talk with a couple more and tell them your situation and see what you can do. Because that's the best way I can really say these are your best options. So uh, that's it for now, then. All right, cool. And so everybody out there just wanted to remind you on a quick program note before I run the credits and say my final uh, um, outgoing message. Uh, One o'clock today, um, you may have already seen my ad on Facebook. Uh, I have the honor of being able to interview um, Jeff Berger with uh, NAGL Rep, National Association of Gay Lesbian Real Estate. Um, and uh, so I just wanted to say that's going to be at one o'clock Eastern time, Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Don't miss it. Check it out just like this show and uh, comment, like, share. So with that, this has been Home to All podcast. I'm Nicholas Acosta, a licensed Florida realtor with EXP Realty here in Orlando, Florida, live from what I call the War Room at the Citrus Club. Um, you can reach me at www.downtown.expert Instagram and LinkedIn at home to all 101 wishing you great real estate health. Be kind to everyone around you. Um, love everybody around you. Keep practicing social distancing. Uh, please make sure again to share comment on this post, like it as well. Subscribe to the podcast today on Spotify. This episode will be available later today on Spotify. And you can also ask um, Alexa on your um uh, Echo device to play the most recent, say Alexa, play most recent episode of Home to All, and she will play the most ep recent episode of Home to All. So check that out as well. Um, if you're looking to talk about real estate, contact me today or to sign up for the show. Or if you're looking for a mentor and you're another with another brokerage, I look forward to helping everybody and anybody in all brokerages um, reach out. Uh, so with that, Nick out. Uh, make sure to support the podcast by signing up today. See you next time. And I'll see you actually at one o'clock today for a special one o'clock episode. Um, and again, William, before I roll the credits, I wanted to say thank you again. And I look forward to having you on our other show with Yvonne. And uh, have a great day. And I really appreciate your time today. Thank you again as well. I appreciate it. So have a wonderful day too. All right, guys. And thank you and William. And I'm going to roll the credits, guys. This has been Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Check out Nick's Facebook and Instagram page, Home to All 101, and his website, www.downtown.expert. Thanks for listening.